is Len Hughes, the voice of rock. Hey everybody, this is Pat Torpy from Mr. Big. And you're listening to Music Mania. I want you to want me. The dream police. Your mama's alright. Your daddy's alright. But just seem a little bit weak. Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! So let's rock and roll all night! Come on every day! In the words of ACDC, we roll tonight to the guitar bite. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here is your host, Clint Schweitzer. What a pleasure it is to be joining you once again here on the Music Mania Podcast. I am Clint Schweitzer, your host, and I tell you, it's great to have you guys joining me as always. MusicManiaPodcast.com, that is the website. That's where you can check out everything we do. I think this is our 162nd show uh, for the Music Mania Podcast, which is so exciting. All the great guests that we've had on over the years. I mean, I think back to it. The fact that this started basically um, just sending out tweets, sending out uh, messages on Facebook to anybody that I could to really get on this show to start telling stories and to start getting the perspective of some of the artists that I admire the most. And I I remember it started back with uh, Mike Trant from White Lion, Ryan Roxy from Alice Cooper's band. Those are the two artists that I remember coming in contact with and agreeing to do an interview with someone that had no track record. And it's because of that that we've been able to bring you these 162 episodes for free, uh, of course, we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And so anywhere you get your podcast, you can check us out. We always appreciate you subscribing. It helps us continue to grow this and continue to get great guests. Uh, and, and in the meantime, you know, that the fact that we've been able to have people on the show, like Joey Elliott from Def Leppard, uh, you know, like Ted Nugent, like Matthias Jabs from Scorpions, and on again, I mean, this has just been tremendous. And the, the, the interviews, that's the staple of this show. This podcast has always been about not only me sharing the love for for the music that I admire the most, and it kind of runs the gamut. This show is based around very, you know, for the most part, you're going to get a lot of 80s rock on here. I'm just going to be honest. You know, you've heard us uh, interview people like Tom Kiefer from Cinderella, you know, Juan Crozier from Rat. Um, that's kind of the bands that really are the, are the staple of what the Music Mania podcast is, because I am so rooted in that, and in the Def Leppards and Motley Crue's uh, and, and Kisses of the World, which, by the way, I'm going to get ready to see Kiss again uh, on this farewell tour that's never ending, which is great, because um, I'm going to catch them at least a few more times, I think. But we've interviewed Tommy James from Tommy James and the Shondells. Lisa Loeb's been on this show. We really like to run the gamut. We've had great blues artists uh, on this show, like Joe Lewis Walker. Today, the ultimate boogie blues musician, it is George Thorogood. Yes, George Thorogood and the Destroyers. They're going to be here in Kansas City March 1st at the Uptown Theater. Uh, Go to georgethorogood.com. You can get tickets to that show right now. Um, Of course, George Thorogood's no-nonsense, blues-based, good-time rock music is a flavor people love all over the world. He's best known for perennial hard-rocking hits like Bad to the Bone, I Drink Alone, Move It On Over, and of course, One Bourbon, One Scotch, One Beer, and who could forget, Born to Be Bad. George Thorogood and the Destroyers have sold more than 15 million albums worldwide and have performed more than 8,000 live shows to date and counting. 
In fact, the Good to Be Bad Tour continues onward into uh, February 2020 with dates already scheduled in Australia and New Zealand. He has a full slate of shows this summer and, of course, uh, this spring out on the road. Uh, March 1st, like I said, we'll be here in Kansas City where I am. Cannot wait to see this. You talk about a, a, an artist and a band, uh, The Destroyers, and an artist in George Thorogood that just demands respect. Never compromising, unwavering, and not only that, one of the most fam famous Delawareans of all time, right up there with Ryan Philippi and Elizabeth Shue. So we're going to talk to him about that. I'll tell you what, the interview I did with George, I didn't have much time to prepare for, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I sent out the request. I knew the show was coming up here in Kansas City and his publicist basically said, hey, we can get you in tomorrow if you can do it short notice. I said, absolutely. And, you know, what I failed to really realize is that George Thorogood is not your average interview. He's not someone that you just come on and ask general questions to. Hey, are you excited to play here? Are you excited to go there? I had to kind of generalize my questions a little bit because, you know, not having, you know, usually I have a, a week or two to prepare for an interview and to do all the research. And of course, uh, you know, knowing George's career pretty well, I thought I could just dive right in and, 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 and you know, make, make that happen. But I'll tell you what, George holds the interviewer accountable and I love it. You're going to hear in this interview, he likes to bring the interviewer into it. He likes to ask questions and he likes to play devil's advocate. Um, and I love it. This is one of my favorite interviews. George Throwgood. It's been a lifelong dream of mine to, to meet George. I've seen him live before here in Kansas City at the old Beaumont Club. Just a old sweaty rock club where I've seen bands like Testament, <laughs> Lillian Axe, Jackal, and of course George Throwgood. It was just so many great memories of seeing George Throwgood. I remember, you know, of course uh, the, the song Bad to the Bone was just a part of the American lexicon and will be forever. It was like for a season or two, it was the Kansas City Chiefs like touchdown anthem that would come on when the Chiefs scored a touchdown at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, it was in the movie Problem Child. I remember that for some reason growing up, that was a big movie for me. Uh, and so that, that song, especially, and just all the, the hits that the, the, the Destroyers have. We're going to talk about why he ever picked up a guitar, what uh, kind of his interests were growing up and what sort of forced him into, uh, into rock stardom. It's going to be, you know, very interesting. And I'm so excited. I was able to catch up with George Thorogood. A lot of big interviews still to come. We got Richie Kotzen, former poison guitarist coming up here in the coming weeks. Uh, Kevin Martin, the singer from Candlebox, also on the docket. So some really big things coming up. Cannot uh, thank you guys enough for continuing to support the show um, and, and really to be able to do this and to be able to do everything that I do is just a dream because for me growing up as a fan, this is truly unbelievable. I mean, I never thought that I'd be interviewing my favorite musicians, having them on, having my, my own podcast. Uh, you know, I cover sports as well as part of, uh, you know, what I do. So everything about this is truly made possible by you guys. Can't thank you enough. So please hit us up on Twitter at MusicMania uh, underscore show. Uh, on Facebook and Instagram, just, just search Music Mania and you can follow us on all the medias. And I'll tell you what, before we get to our interview with George Thorogood, I've got to tell you about our sponsor, CD Warehouse in Gladstone, Missouri. Guys, for over 23 years, they've been a staple of the Northland. They've bought, they've sold, they've traded. They've had DVDs, CDs, vinyl, memorabilia, and more. And I tell you what, unfortunately, the party is coming to an end here this May. So get in there at CD Warehouse off Antioch Road in Gladstone today. Tell them Music Mania sent you. And the, the merchandise, they've got deals. They've got things that are blowing out. Uh, the time has come to move on for Oni owner Randy Ringer. So you know what? Let that be an advantage to you. Go in there and check out what they've got. Um, tell them Music Mania sent you. And there will be a discount or it's on us. Guys, CD Warehouse, Gladstone, Missouri, a staple of the Northland until May. George, it is... So great to have you on, my friend. How's everything going, man? 
can't complain, my friend. Well, you know what? I, just to get this out of the way, you know, I'm, I'm here in Kansas City. You're going to be here uh, on March 1st. Um, but you know what? You're, you're going to talk to the only Kansas City and right now that would not hold it over your head that the Royals beat the beat the Mets in the 15 World Series. I'm not a Royals fan, so we don't even have to go there. So that's good, at least, right? <laughs> What you bring out for? <laughs> I, I, I was on your side. I was cheering for, for Syndergaard and, and the Mets in 15, man. But you know what? You'll have 1986 forever. That that's gotta, that is always going to always gonna be there. And we just won a Super Bowl here. So things aren't going too bad in Kansas City. And we're going to have you here March 1st. So all good things, man. Well, it's been a long time since we were at the Uptown Theater. I think the first time we did it was around 1980. And we've done it several times. So it's kind of a... Kind of a um, welcome back type of thing, you know what I mean? Oh, well, the Uptown Theater is one of my favorite venues in town. I know you guys have played uh, the Beaumont Club several times. You guys have been around and, and done it here. But you're really ramping up. I mean, this tour, uh, which uh, you know kicks off uh, February 28th in Thackerville, Oklahoma, but you guys not only have a string of U.S. dates, but you're going back to the U.K. for the first time in, what, six, six seven years? So, what? I mean, you, this, is a, this is a big tour for you guys. you got to be excited about uh, the U.S. dates, but heading back over across the pond as well. Well, you know, it's um, it's all exciting, of course. But you know, you got to. Uh, it's a funny thing when when people ask an obvious question. They say, um, "Well, are you looking forward to doing this, George, or is this something you like to do?" Or blah blah blah. I'm thinking between you and me, Clint and Juan. Well, I'm going back to a place where they pay me a lot of money, where people want me to play my guitar, and 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 people adore me. Okay. How's that sound? I like it. <laughs> well, it's, it's an obvious thing because it's, that, that, that's the job everybody wants. You know, even at one time, the President of the United States wanted to be watching a little star. That's the, that's the, the ultimate thing to, to do, no matter what level of it you do it. Um, so I, I always get a chuckle out of that. And, uh, you know, um, when, when people say, well, are you looking forward to going there? I say, well, of course I am. But like I would, and, and they sent for me. Okay. That means. That makes it even better. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because you seem to kind of be, you know, stricken with the idea of stardom uh, fr- from a young age. So you talk about kind of being in that place where uh, you love, obviously love what you do 45 years into this and loving what you do. But it started off with maybe some uncertainty about what kind of, you know, did you want to be a rock star? Did you want to be a, you know, maybe a, maybe an actor? I saw where you just kind of grew up watching a lot of television and movies, and you wanted to be in something with showbiz, but you weren't sure what. So kind of take us back yeah. to that. How did it happen? Uh, well, when I, was, when I was a little kid, I, I really, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a poet. And I worked at that, and uh, as a kid, I just, you know, and then I got Siri when I was about, just before I was a teenager, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a comic. Um, uh, that's what appealed to me. I, I think, I said, well, I watched a lot of some of the best comics in the world when I watch TV. I mean, uh, talk about a glow, I saw Jack Benny, George Byrne, Bill Silver, Ann Southern, Eve Arden, uh, Gail Storm, and Jackie Gleason, uh, Ernie Kovacs, who was brilliant. Uh, you know, this, this was my childhood. And I saw all these people, and I said, well, this is what I want to do. And then, I, I turned on the TV about 1964 and I turned on the TV on the Ed Sullivan show this guy comes up to the microphone and he's got a guitar shaped like a violin he's playing it left handed he's got this mop haircut and he goes close your eyes and I'll kiss you boom yeah 
the whole world exploded. Yeah. <laughs> and absolutely did. That um, set the scene, of course, for you. But, I mean, your career, which is unbelievable. I mean, you think about the early 80s, and I think about for you what a, what a time that was, you know, from uh, being a supporting act for the Rolling Stones. Uh, the hits started coming out, you know, Bad to the Bone hits. Um your rigorous touring schedule starts. You, I think that was in the time you did the uh, 50 for 50 tour in 1981. Just talk about kind of your transition from kind of slugging it out and, and, and getting to those the early 80s, 81, 82, and really, you know, becoming a part of, of the American lexicon at that point. I don't know what I've become, but the whole rock scene and music scene in general, like, like the world, like the automotive system or anything else, things keep improving. So the, the world of music kept improving, the venues kept improving, the, the PAs kept improving, the world, a way of travel, uh, hotels, things like that. So at that at that time, um, when people were getting this thing going, the late 60s, early 70s, and the struggles that other bands have, uh, they, they don't exist now. Uh, the, the world is wide open, because uh, there's just so much money in music, and especially rock music, to be made that they had to upscale everything um, to, to keep that um, to keep that going, keep that medium going. Um, so we're gonna have to get the best place just because you know, just, you know, three things will never go go out of, go out of style: um, uh, music, particularly rock music, beer, and gambling. So you put all those three things together, and you got yourself a formula for something that works. What they really want is rock bands. That's what, that's what brings the people in. So that's really come around. Um, it used to be, be a, a casino type place, and it would be a you know um, someone like like Dean Martin or Phil uh, Stiller working there. It's not that way anymore. They want they want the rock acts. So that, in a sense, turned the whole industry around. We'll talk about your working relationship, uh, you know, with uh, Jeff Simon and Billy Blau, your drummer and, and bassist, um, since 1973 and 1976, respectively. So many bands and so many artists, I mean, you that have been around as long as you, you just don't have those kind of working relationships. Things happen, people, bands break up, but describe what it's been like working working with those guys for uh, over 40 years now. <laughs> that's, that's an almost impossible thing to describe that <laughs> over, over 40 years. What it's been like, it's like, you know, some days the weather's good, some days the weather's not so good. Some days the weather's fantastic, and uh, some days you only feel like rolling out of bed. It's a little more complicated question. How is that? Um, it's you know it, it, it has like like any other business um, and that business relationships. Um, it, it it goes in and out, up and down, around things like that. So uh, our business not uh, not unlike others, um, but the, the glue keeps it going. Is you know the, the love for what we do, um, the, the the fans and the supporters. And there's another reason why Billy and Jeff are still with me, Clint. I respect them. Yeah. Do you know what that means? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of, a lot of things. What? It have to. It, it would have to mean a lot of things for for a, for you as a band. I mean, they're they're the way, the way they treat you, the way you treat them. I mean, it's got to be mutual respect, right? Oh no, you're you're missing the point. I pay well. <laughs> okay, I was going serious there, and yeah. Well, well, remember, loyalty is based on finance. <laughs> I, there was a good opportunity for a joke there, and I just totally went serious on you there. Um, and you, yeah, to- totally, totally understand, and, and well done there. Um, 
you know what's um so in that vein i've got to bring this up because in 2012 uh, you were voted one of the 50 most most influential delawareans of the past 50 years now i guess i have to ask who possibly could unseat you as the most influential delawarean is it elizabeth shue ryan Phillippe, or joe biden i don't know but i don't know that i could have anyone joe but biden, you number one joe biden's from, from scranton pennsylvania well, they, they have, yeah, so, but this is, in, in no way can anybody, I, I don't think, could, uh, could unseat you. So, making a top 50 list, is that? Well, it's probably, that's, that's funny, because there's probably only 150 people in Delaware anyway. Well, that's what I mean, that's, that's exactly. It's a small state, you know. It's, <laughs> well, you got, you got Elizabeth Shue, who I will admit, one of my favorite actresses of the 80s uh, up there. So, you're, you're neck and neck with her, but I, th- I just thought that was kind of funny, seeing that on your, uh. On your resume here, because um, you know Del- Delaware is not a state that I know a whole lot about. I remember in Wayne's World, he said, "Hi, I- I'm in Delaware," and that's all, all he had to say about it. What, what, talk about growing up in Delaware. What, what, what is Delaware like? Has anyone ever asked you that one? Very conservative. Yeah, ultra conservative. Um, there's no Greenwich Village in Delaware. We had to create our own Greenwich Village. <laughs> there's no, uh, uh, there was no, um, uh, you know, no hate Ashbury or uh, you know things like that. Um, as far as Delawareans go, do you know who's the only, only first person who's the first person to manage the Philadelphia Phillies for a world championship? No, I'm trying to think. That was uh, they were in it in 2008, but yet, nope. I don't. I don't know. Delaware, Dallas Green. Da- there you go. See, that's that's that. He should be up there. Um, Randy White was uh, from Delaware. Was also MVP in the Super Bowl once. So yes, there's other cats up there with higher profiles than mine, um, and uh, you know who, who knows. Um, and, and you don't know in the world of of, of, of music. Uh, I mean, in the world of movies, that uh, Elizabeth Shue might win an Academy Award someday. You know, if, if she stays with it long enough. So uh, there are, there are people there of. of uh, you, you know who uh, Woody Guthrie's best friend was Cisco Houston, ah. who uh, came came from Wilmington, Delaware. Um, well, Delaware, anyway, I'm sure it's Wilmington, but I, I heard he was from Delaware. So there, there, there are there are others, not that many, because like I said, it's a small state. I mean, you sat there and said, "Name famous Texans." We'd be talking all month, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, George, you know, for you, I just looking at the totality of the career and everything that you've done, and how many of your songs are such a part of just the American lexicon. Do you feel like that you're, you know, being uncompromised about? your style, your sound, and really never wavering from that. How The self-gratification from that, do you think that it outweighs what it may have been had you listened to a certain record label or, or, or made this kind of music or gone this direction? I mean, you've really stayed true to yourself. I mean, that's a cliche, but you, I mean, you of all people have done that. Yeah, I, well, let's just, just let me straighten it out on something. I'm no Sir Paul McCartney or Miles Davis or Paul Simon and just sit down this. I think I'm going to go to Afghanistan and record a fantastic album with all Afghanistan. And I Cooter went to um, you know, Cuba and he did um, a record and he used all these fantastic musicians from Cuba and said, well, you know, George Thurgood only knows only one way to do it. Like, if you see one Three Stooges episode, you've seen them all. Okay? So, having said that, I, I knew where I knew my limitations, I, I, I knew my strengths. So I, it wasn't a matter of me just being true to what he did. This is what I can do. <laughs> so you know, um, you know, you, you you don't ask Woody Allen to make westerns, okay? Uh, so 
so that's that's where I, why I ended up. I read an article by um, Joan Rivers, and when she was getting up there with her an age in her career, and they said, "Now they're getting up. Are you gonna mellow, be more mellow?" She's kind of a caustic act, like Don Rickles does, and her act could be, you know, a little rough all the time. And they said, "Are you gonna mellow, mellow down, and, and be a little, little different now?" And she said, "No, absolutely not. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing what it is that got me here." I'm going to be more of what I did before. In other words, the next time you see George Thurber play, I'm going to be more obnoxious than the last time you okay? That's all I needed to hear. Um, uh, definitely in on that. Uh, excited for that on, on uh, coming up here on March 1st at the Uptown Theater. Um, last question, George. You, um, in 2017, released, um, I guess, some, a solo album called Party of One, Kind of, you know, obviously, uh, the cliche would be to say, uh, but it's very true. The music industry has changed so much. But how important or how urgent is it for you to to consistently release new music, or is would you say that's that priority has kind of slipped with the way things have kind of gone in the music industry? Where, where are you at on kind of the idea of new music right now? Right now, and where I'm at. Yeah. Hey man, I'm, I'm just happy to be working. I'm happy out there. They, they, um, our band is still in demand, and we can deliver. That's all you can ask uh, when you're you're doing something. Saying, "Well, the, 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 whatever the trend in music is, whatever the big thing going, um, uh, I have paid little attention to that um, in, the, in the last 25, 30 years. I don't have time for them." So, well, I, I keep getting phone calls all the time to hire our act, and I said, "Well, what do you want us to do different?" And they say, "Nothing." Well, we, we, we don't want you to go out there and do a, a number like Lady Gaga. We don't want you to go out there. And, and do something like um, Jack Johnson, who are a great artist in their own right. I said, no, we want you to keep doing um, George Thorogood, hence the hence the Joan Rivers story or the Dennis Leary story. You know, so um, whatever, whatever they used to say when you when you make it to the big leagues, it say um, whatever got you here is going to keep you here. And it certainly has been the case. George, I'll tell you what, for, on a personal note, I, I can't thank you enough for, for joining us here and, and uh, taking us through this. And we're so excited to have you back uh, here in Kansas City, March 1st. Uh, you can go to georgethrowgood.com to get all the information, all the tour dates coming up. And there are many of them. George, see you out here on the road, man. We'll get you here in Kansas City in just a couple weeks. We are looking forward to it. Thank you again so much, my friend. Rock and roll never sleeps. It just passes out. What a treat. What an honor it was to have George Throwgood on the show this week. Um, you know, have, we've had a lot of shows lately that have had uh, double guests. Um, you know, we've had guys like Robin McCauley, Dean Castronovo, uh, Martin Anderson um, on the show just of late. So to be able to do, we want to dedicate this show just to George Throwgood. He's that legendary. He's that great. And we can't wait to have him here in Kansas City on March 1st. Go to georgethrowgood.com, get all the information on the dates and uh, all the news and everything coming up uh, in the camp of George Thorogood. Guys, some more big interviews to come. Like I mentioned earlier, we got Kevin Martin, the singer from Candlebox, coming up. Um, we've got um, Kyle, the singer of The Unlikely Candidates on the horizon. Uh, and do not forget Richie Kotzen, former um, guitarist from Poison, also, and uh, much more. Everything uh, always in flux at all times. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Always hit us up on the website, musicmaniapodcast.com. That's where you can get um, all the show reviews. All, all of our um, archived um, podcasts are there. So please hit that up. And of course, on social media, just search Music Mania Podcast and you can follow us. Always love to hear the feedback. If you have uh, questions, comments, concerns, drop me an email at musicmaniapodcast at gmail.com. Always enjoy interacting with you guys and uh, always gives us a good direction on who to interview next and what to do next. 
Guys, thank you so much. We will be back next week right here on the Music Mania Podcast.